This episode of the MedTalk podcast is brought to you by MedTech Innovation Expo, the UK and Ireland's leading event for medical device manufacturing. On the 7th and 8th of June, MedTech Innovation Expo will connect leading engineers, innovators and manufacturers with all the technology and innovation they need to facilitate the design and manufacture of life-changing medical devices. For more information, visit www.medtechexpo.com. Hello and welcome to this episode of the MedTalk podcast, covering the latest news and issues in life sciences. I'm Ian Bolland, Group Content Manager for Mavid MedTech. Today I am joined by another one of our speakers ahead of MedTech Innovation Expo. Jasmine Hounsell from Evolim works with MedTech companies on their marketing campaigns. We look ahead to her presentation and past advice she's given at the show, but also the nuances of marketing in the industry and why it's a key factor in eventually bringing innovations to the front line. So, Jasmine, thank you for appearing on the MedTalk podcast for the first time. Um, people who've attended MedTech Innovation Expo are, are well aware of you, but for, for those that aren't necessarily, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. Um, so, first of all, thank you for having me. It's great um, great to be on the podcast. Um, so, I'm um, a healthcare MedTech marketer, um, and I run co-run um, Eveline, which is an agency that helps small MedTech companies commercialise their ideas um, in the UK, Europe, and the US. Um, I personally have been in um, B2B tech marketing for well over the last decade um, on a variety of things, med tech, fintech, um, and then specifically the last um, majority of that decade actually now um, within healthcare, um, specifically med tech, um, healthcare IT, diagnostics, um, things like that. And so we started Eveline, me and my co-founder, um, two, three years ago now. Yeah, we're going into our third year, um, really because we wanted to um, take our our knowledge that we built up over many years of helping um, helping companies go to market and help uh, more different companies, um, and also really see um, see the difference we could make to those kind of smaller SMEs. Um, and help them get to get to patients eventually um, and get into the health system that they wanted to get to. Um, really, we saw quite a big um, disconnect between the innovation and the research that was being done and that we knew about um, and what the end user, whether it was the patient or the healthcare provider, was actually able to um, access. And that's kind of the problem that we wanted to help solve because um, quite often there is a communications element to that where we can help um you know raising awareness educating the market all those things um that really helps solve that disconnect um so that's what uh my company does and that's where kind of my background sits well thank you for actually taking one, one of my follow-ups away from me already this, this <laughs> makes my life much easier in all honesty but uh, so you're back at medtech innovation expo on on one of our stages for the third consecutive year. So this, this is one for each year for, uh, for Eveline. Um, so can you just summarise what you did for the first couple of years and what's going to be different about what you're bringing back for the third year? Yeah, definitely. So I think the first year um, we were kind of looking at all the different conferences in the UK and Europe and America where we could 
have some sort of impact and had the right market. And MedTech Expo, having previously attended in, in different guises from different companies, was obviously on our list. Um, but we were kind of blown away by how good the networking was and how successful it was for us in terms of who we managed to meet there. Um, which is why then we wanted to come a second year and a third year. Um, and each year we seem to have just built our network from, from the conference. So it's been really good for us. Um, the first year uh, I was looking back over my notes before this, um, obviously we just set up. So most of my spiel was uh, kind of previous learnings um, and, you know, what the beginnings of this, of Evelyn could be. Um, and I think each year, we've been on it and I'll go over that but the first oh, the main thing that we're trying to achieve each time is giving something tangible to those that are listening the people that we're really trying to target don't have a lot of time and if they've taken time out to go to a conference if the one thing they take away that we've given them is something useful that they can put into practice um that means a success for us um you know obviously it'd be great if they then reached out and wanted to work with us but if we've helped them in some way, that's really what our end goal is. Um, so each talk, I've tried to make it so that it has some tangible takeaways. So the first year, it was all about how medtech marketing is so different to normal marketing. Um, and it's something that sometimes I get shot down from other marketers about that, you know, no, it's it's just marketing. It's, it's all the same, no matter what the industry. And I have worked in other industries, and I truly believe that it is different. It's a different game when it comes to healthcare and medtech. It's so complex. Um, there's so many different stakeholders. There's just so many layers of things that you have to get right, um, whether it's from a regulatory perspective or a quality perspective or, you know, clinically understanding um, a value proposition that the marketing is really different. And that's that's what we focused on the first year. Um, and that seemed to really resonate with people. Last year um, was all about actually what are some of the kind of um, ways of tactically addressing some of the problems that you might face trying to take a product to market. Um, specifically, we focused last year because um, there was a lot of chatter around it, um, around AI and how that can be quite a scary thing to try and get adopted into a health system and how you really need to therefore build your credibility and trust. Um, so we went a little more deep into the tactical things around that. Um, and that seemed to, again, resonate really well. Um, I actually have a call this afternoon with someone I met at that conference following my talk, which is uh, obviously a glowing recommendation of the conference, but also um, just, just a great um, great to show how the industry in the UK within MedTech is, is really burgeoning at the moment. Um, so this year is going to be a little bit different. It's more focused on um, clinical adoption rather than the broader uh, umbrella of commercialization so it will be much more targeted around um, the clinical validation um, work that you need to do and the kind of stakeholder engagement for um, clinical adoption I will talk in the in three months uh, about kind of how that is a little different in the UK and the US um, Having done, having kind of taken products to market in both, you see the difference um, in, in those two areas. Um, so yeah, that's that's a very long answer to your very short question. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, to be fair, I was after the long answer. <laughs> In all honesty, and it's and it's always it's always nice to hear a glowing recommendation of uh of what we put on. But it's also it's also nice to hear success stories, really, because what what you've got there is that's basically what we're trying to do. We're trying we're trying to connect people in, in, as as much as anything. Um, see, you said uh, at the top of this that a lot of your your time is is spent with SMEs who probably you know haven't been able to uh uh. How, how how did you put it? Um, bridge that gap with the disconnect, shall we say? Can you give any uh, specific examples? Not obviously, I'm not asking you to name names, but can you give any specific examples of the work that you've done where you can tangibly tangibly think, well, that that has worked in the end? Yeah, there's a really nice example actually that um, we we have a client um, who's um, based in Somerset, and they um, they're really early stage still they're um still kind of a grant funded working very closely in partnership with the nhs um project um and we're kind of helping them realize that potential of that project um so we've been advising them on um their kind of strategic comms um for uh just under a year now and we actually have taken them from the point of them okay that it's an idea um we'll trial it a little bit and um, see what it works you know go through all of those early stages to the point where they actually have seen patients and patients have been treated um so their their technology is a way of um finding using existing data um, at a population level finding people who might have liver disease or might develop severe liver disease and they um there's no kind of extra things to the patient or anything. It's something that a healthcare provider can do proactively. And they started seeing their first group of patients towards the end of last year. And people actually started getting treated for diseases they didn't know they had. Um, and obviously, we're only one part of that puzzle. <laughs> but that is such an incredible success story that was like, we can pinpoint like the name of the patient. They did approve PR usage. Uh, the name of the patient that we knew was being helped because of, um, in small part, of what we've been helping them with, with their communications um you know and helping them engage with patient advocacy groups helping them with conferences helping them refine that value proposition so that when they spoke to the clinicians that would be using it the clinicians understood its value um and removed some of those barriers to entry for them um so that's a really nice a really nice success story um and we've had quite a few um things like that but that's definitely the most tangible um literally a patient at the end of the of the line which is really nice um try to think of other examples so i think in our space we especially um you know within healthcare you want to focus on getting the patient treated and, and removing that disconnect but the other disconnect can be between um kind of a new way of working and um the people that it can help so one of our clients really um, helps researchers who are developing medical devices get access to the data they need so that the medical devices are um, developed with robust data so that you don't get bias, you get things that are suitable for your population and all things like that. Um, and from our perspective, that has been really successful because they saw an immediate return on investment from our communications work, which was amazing. Um, and what that actually means in real life is that they increase the number of companies that we're using their technology, um, which means that the end products that those companies are developing were better. Um, and then we've in turn 
spoken and worked with some of those companies and they um they're really happy because their medical devices are now suitable for the people that are actually going to be using them in the different populations so a slightly more roundabout success story but um still very important Tickets are now on sale for the Medilink UK National Healthcare Business Awards in association with MedTech Innovation. Taking place on the 7th of June at the National Conference Centre in Birmingham, a fantastic celebration of all the hard work and developments within the industry sees 13 prize winners and it's all hosted by presenter, speaker and Invictus Games medalist JJ Chalmers. Take your place among the leading figures and decision makers in life sciences and book your tickets via www medtechawards.com but at the same time i think you've illustrated a couple of things that i was going to ask in this, in this next question and in that you know, i have the unenviable task of selecting people people for the conference this year and it's and it, it, it does seem that your, your stands out because it's probably something that people haven't necessarily thought of when it comes to how you, how, how you communicate in that message do you, do, you, do you find that a lot that it's it's just something that's almost forgotten about yeah <laughs> so that that's a really interesting point so i think communications marketing um and this perspective on things can sometimes it's intentionally not prioritized because the product needs to be developed or people are a little bit scared of the commercial aspect of it and it feels a bit bad in healthcare thinking about commercialization even though that's ultimately how you help a patient um but sometimes it's it's just not considered because the people doing it are complete experts in their field um but they're in their field rather than kind of trying to think about how it fits in with all the other all the other aspects um so it's one of the um first things i quite often say when i'm doing a podcast or a conference is that you usually need to have thought about your marketing earlier than you have um and ideally um if i was given advice to a someone thinking about starting in this industry um, and starting a company with a kind of medical device or product or something going to market, I'd say you don't need to like hire someone to do the stuff, but you need to at least have it in your mindset from the beginning. Okay, how eventually am I going to market this? And one of the main reasons I say to do it that early is because within this industry, obviously everything is done within the regulatory framework that you're working in whatever region you're in, you're going to have a specific regulatory framework. And those frameworks come with marketing claims that you can and cannot use. Um, So although it feels like something that you can leave to a later date, if you leave marketing to a later date, you won't have the claims that you need to effectively market your product. So the value proposition won't be what you need it to be necessarily. Um, And if you have it that early, then thinking about, okay, eventually I want to be able to say to a radiologist that this will improve their workflow time by this percentage. At the front end, then you need to go out and collect the clinical evidence that's needed to substantiate that claim. So you need to go and study those radiologists using this technique and say, actually, yes, it did increase their productivity by X percent. So if you think about marketing, then that informs your publication strategy. Um, and then that inform informs sorry the you know the clinical evidence that you've gathered obviously um, it also informs what you put in your regulatory submission you put that claim in that you can say it um, and that then completely kind of gives you a a more robust I guess baseline to start marketing from um, 
Now, there are there is a, a shift at the moment, I think, to companies realising that they need to think about it. Um, but I think most people see marketing and communications and commercialization as this really expensive thing um, and this really scary thing that they haven't done before um, or they see it as something that kind of won't actually impact the success of their business and first of all it 100% will impact it even just the mindset uh, will impact it but also it doesn't have to be this kind of massive thing that you commit to up front it just needs to be an internal thought process um, and really that thought process isn't necessarily how do I market this it's who is my end user and how do I make sure that I can effectively engage with them so it's like okay what what is their day like what are their problems and then okay how do I make sure that I can talk to them in the way that they want to be talked to in a way they'll understand in a way that doesn't make their day worse uh maybe makes their day better um uh, and having that thought up front can influence so many other strategies um and I think that that is why I always think people should start marketing earlier obviously I'm biased I run a marketing agency but <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but it's not. <laughs> at the same time I, I was thinking there that why you were saying that if, if someone's got say like a spider diagram or a mind map at the time and it feels like that everything that they want to achieve that at the end is basically something that you could probably help them with yeah exactly I, I do think that is yes thank you for uh, <laughs> identifying that um but yeah I think the way that marketing as a function should be seen is more um as this supporting the end business objectives there's something we always do with our clients and something I'll happily say to anyone that asks is that every bit of marketing needs to be linked back to one of your business objectives so if you're trying to get clinical adoption, all of the everything that you do in terms of externally engaging with customers, your communications, your brand, everything should be intentionally linked to one of those end goals. Um, you know, you shouldn't be doing something for the sake of doing it like, oh, everyone else is doing this. I should do it. Well, is it actually helping you achieve one of those pillars of of your clinical adoption, of your commercialization? Um because there's so much that needs doing to take a medical device to market that if you do anything that isn't specifically just for that purpose, then you're wasting resources. Um, so yeah, it's... If it, I, I was actually fascinated by um, you. You mentioned a lot of how it ties into when they come when they come to certain regulatory frameworks, and then well, now they can make these kind of claims, and and that. And someone who's actually going to be, uh, and I'll give a shout out to another part of the conference, is that I'm actually going to be hosting a panel session on you know, re- regulation. I, I actually didn't think to actually tie in the marketing side of things, but if you think about it, this sector is intrinsically linked to having approvals all the way through, and that's, the, that's probably the best thing you can shout about. Yeah, exactly. It's I always think that being in a regulated environment gives you a platform to be a better marketer, um and therefore you get better end result from your commercial sales whatever kind of goals you have on that side it it gives you a framework to base all of your it's kind of like a minimum framework for everything that you do so at the minimum standard it needs to be compliant with all those regulatory things um and that means that your baseline of of all the materials you create of all the campaigns you do of anything you do there is already going to be pretty high. Um, And I think then you can kind of 
catapult off that rather than having that as um rather than thinking of it as a restriction um because i think that is quite common within um within kind of any industry where you're regulated it feels like it's more of a restriction rather than something that's actually making you do better um and i think that mindset is really helpful one thing i've really found useful which um if there's any people listening that are running an internal marketing team at a um startup doing thing in this industry is having really robust um processes for getting marketing things approved so kind of like you put your medical device forward to get mhra ce fda anything clearance you have the same thing internally so you make sure that all of your marketing materials go through those those gates and having a really simple but robust process for doing that uh really makes makes it easier to market within a within the framework you know make the regulatory team or legal team or whoever handles it your best friend um make sure they're at the end of the phone all the time so you can double check in with everything um but yeah I, I think it's a really to your point it's a really important aspect but it's quite often not thought of as something that is linked yeah i, I mean at the moment I, I think regulatory teams are tearing their hair out over what, what what's the landscape going to look like over the next couple of years so uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure people banging on the door for marketing are actually gonna <laughs> gonna be much help in, in some way <laughs> but, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> um, just a, a, a couple of final points that I'd, I'd, uh, I'd like to cover because obviously i always ask if there's anything that a guest would like to, to add at the end and of course feel free to add anything you like but i would actually like to ask something a little more specific and we've probably covered a lot of ground already in terms of your talk but if you were to give one particular reason why people should come and see your session at MedTech Innovation Expo what would it be? That's a good question um, I think I genuinely try and make any talks I do at conferences um, tangibly useful to the person listening so it's not going to be a sales pitch about my company or about any of the kind of example case studies that I might give. It will be, these are some key takeaways with slides that you can take pictures of and use for your own purposes. Um, and specifically, if you're looking at that clinical adoption stage of your company, um, you know, whether that's in the UK or the US, um, that's really what I'm going to be drilling into um, and how you can use communications to help that, um, some key steps that you might want to take um, and how to avoid kind of the mistakes that we've seen people do before. Um, that would be the real reason to come to the talk um, and hopefully it's enjoyable. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jasmine, thank you very much for your time today and we shall see you in June. Brilliant. Thank you so much. See you in June.